Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. So ladies and gentlemen, Ain Kate Sullivan is about to come on and just blow your mind in terms of what is possible being the hero of your own, own journey, uh, the, this quest, holy grails, mythology, there's so much we're going to get into in these conversations. Uh, so definitely stay tuned. We're going to go deep. Before that though, I'm talking to you because you're becoming your greatest possible self and I want to support you in continuing to grow however I can. Whether it's tuning into the 12-hour live stream, marathon, podcast, become your greatest possible self, whether it's taking taking your next steps with some of these guests, buying their books, joining their communities, whatever that is, take those next steps. Action. Action is what really makes the difference. So I encourage you to take action and stay connected. Be plugged into the sources of inspiration and empowerment that fuel your growth. And thanks for being here. Next up is the iTunes review of the week. This week, it is Jay McVean. Jay McVean says, Chris is a force of nature. I met Chris in person and knew he was a very special person. With a very clean and vibrant energy and a heart that fills the room, he's a joy to know and even more of a joy to learn from. I'm super grateful that he does what he does. Jay McVean, thank you so much for that review. I super, super appreciate you. And if you want to give us a review, you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search Greatest Possible Self on the Apple Podcast Store. Give us a review there. Let us know what you love, what you want to see more of, and how we can even improve the show for you. We love that feedback. Thank you so much for that. I'm going to introduce Ain in just a second here. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes. I have a feeling this interview is going to be unlike any that we've ever done before. I'm so excited. I, lo I love novelty, and this is like a totally new subject for me to dive into and explore and have fun with, so definitely stick around. I think you're going to experience that little kid come out in me and have so much fun with Ain. So grab a piece of paper, stick around all the way through till the end. Be taking notes because one of these ideas has the power to change everything for you. Let's introduce Ain, and we'll bring her on the screen. Ain Kate Sullivan, MA, MFA, PhD, is an award-winning best-selling author focusing on mythology and folklore for the modern age. Dr. Sullivan obtained her BA with honors at Hollins University and her master's and doctorate degrees in literature from Columbia University and King's College in London. Her books on Celtic mythology include Legends of the Grail, stories of Celtic goddesses and heroines of Avalon and other tales. She has won over 30 literary awards. This is going to be such a powerful, like just expansive conversation. We're so blessed to have Ain with us here today. Ain, are you ready to rock the house, Superwoman? Absolutely. Let's do it. We are doing Yay. it. We're live on Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. Thank <laughs> you for being here. We are so, so blessed to have you and this this whole perspective that my audience is, is I'm sure, very new to as well. So it's going to be a, a, a conversation to get us up to speed and then also to go deep into the, the profound impact that these these stories, these legends, these, these you know myths have on our lives today. So I really appreciate the work that you're doing. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you for being here. 
Yay. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Woo-hoo. Absolutely. So let's dive right in. The theme today, which we're going to start with, is choose yourself. Ain, what does that mean for you? Well, you know, that now from the grail perspective, and your, your audience might like this, okay. there are many levels of self. Mm. So, I mean, and we could talk about four or five levels of self today. Okay. Yeah, you know, because there's the self that comes into into the world when you're born that your family sees. Okay. So there's the family self, mm-hmm. right? And some of us struggle with it. We go to therapy over it or whatever. But you know, but they hold us enough so that we can be here. They give us our wings. I see your wings, right? So you mm-hmm. they give us our wings. Mm-hmm. And then there's that next self, that beautiful, precious pearl that each of us can possibly become. We can be a little twisted distortion if we want to, but why? You know why? not break out and be this beautiful, beautiful winged being, right? Yes, greatest possible and self. So, and then the greatest possible <laughs> self. But then, you know, I think in order to be the greatest possible self, it's not right. So when, when in the next level, hmm. is the internet holding up okay? Yep, when yep, in the good. next level... The, um, we can start to lean back into sort of a, more of a community soul, sort of the, what's going on in the world right now. So the rocking and the changing that's going on. Oh, we're mm. going to go towards wind and solar. And like there's this blossoming that's happening and all the young people are getting it. And, mm. and so they're feeling like this, this new age that we're going to step into this, this Satya Yuga, the golden time, you know, that yeah. we're getting ready to fly into. Uh, so, so according to the Vedas, that's going to be in 2025. So we're not mm. far off. Anyway, and then there's this magical layer, this other seriously magical layer. And this is the grail. And this is when you lean back into the universal soul. You lean back into the universal soul and you know it has you. It's got your back. There's this wisdom that's there. And if you just start singing and you just start speaking, it might be that the wisdom of the cosmos just flows through your lips. And all of a sudden we're transforming the world in ways we can't even possibly imagine. Oh my gosh. I'm loving how this is starting. This is epic, epic, epic. I love the levels too, because I think that's, that's valuable for people to know is, you know, Hey, there's the basics of kind of where you start and mastering that. And as we get more competence with that stuff, we can kind of see a bigger, more encompassing picture so that we can make a bigger impact. We can create a a greater legacy, have more control over who we become and, and this experience in life. So I I love this so far. And for people who are just connecting, with you. Why don't you share a little bit more about, you know, what you're working on today? I know you're an author. You've won so many freaking literary awards. It's, it's intense. Like, I don't know if we could count them all. Tell us more about that. Oh my goodness. Well, I have written, I guess, 13 books now and, um, on all kinds of subjects, but I mostly, I really, really deeply love Celtic mythology. And I guess that that came to me. Arthurian legend, of course, most people are familiar with Arthurian legend, King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and all of this. But when I went, so when I got my my doctorate at King's College London, I was actually given the stipend to go and collect folklore on the west coast of Ireland, which actually meant driving there. And of course, I thought, oh, there are going to be a lot of people here. And, uh, you know, no. There, there weren't. There were sheep in the road that I had to get out of the way in order to go to these sacred sites. So once I get there, I started to realize that that there are 
ancient places where stories are written into the landscape. And that's true all over the world. It's it, everywhere you go. It's true. But I don't know what it is about Ireland, but Ireland's magical, right? So you can go to these places and you're standing there. And I started to realize that these, there are these ancient Celtic female deities that were superpowers, like serious superpowers. And I was so excited about them because, you know, at university, I'd, no offense, but I'd mostly heard male, you know, so yeah. stories of King yeah. Arthur in the nights, you know, and I was like, oh, and now there's Queen Maeve and there's Skyach, you know, and they had to go train with Skyach, this goddess. And they, you know, so there are these great Imran voyages where you go and you discover all the magical parts of yourself. And wow. so, of course, I had to start going on quests to yeah. find those parts. Oh, my gosh. This is this is incredible. So you, you mentioned a lot in there. Arthurian legends, um, you know, female deities, Celtic deities, visiting sacred sites, you know, the questing. We are going to dive into all of that. Before we get there, though, let's go back and let's go back into your journey, because I think your your journey, like it's it's almost like the beginning of your journey is is a cool place to start from because you're studying people's stories. So I, I, I before we say, hey, where did you start? I want to ask, what is the relationship you found between your own personal journey and where you started and these deities and these heroes and legends that you are studying? Where, what do you see are the similarities or dissimilarities? Well, I, I actually just, I just finished a novel that's coming out next year Ooh. and it's called Nimue. And, and, and so it, it actually ties right into this question because sometimes when you're working with a, with a, with a deity, you realize that you that you're working with them because you have a lot of similarities. Mm -hmm. And so I have to say that I'm honored that she chose me to tell her story wow. because Nimue is actually the twin flame of Merlin. Whoa. Right? <laughs> so here she is seriously magical. When you wow. go back in, in and look at her stories in, in, in myth and legend, she's sometimes extremely magical and she's sometimes demonized. And, you know, when I go back and I think of my own, my own story and, and my own unfolding, I, I understand her complexity, wow. you know, that there was this person who was born into a family that was very loving, but somehow was, was sort of confined her in some way that it, mm. like she didn't have her full expression there. So she had to go outside to find, well, who am I? Who am I? Like, who is the person that's going to reflect be the true mirror of who I am. Who's going to reflect that greatness? You know yeah. that. Who who can do that for me? Because we are all mirrors for each other. Yes. But some people are more clear mirrors than others, right? Mm. So so you know. So I went on this quest, and and so the quest for me for a long time. I mean, it was really like a thirty-five year quest. I kept going to these ancient sites, looking originally for like the Magdalene, the stories of the Magdalene. Mm -hmm. But then, but then later, more, more like the, the Kaleach, the old woman of the world mm. who dreams all things into being, you wow. know? Wow. And so, um, I found, I found going on quests that, that my own, my own precious pearl, the own, my own sort of persona and who this, who I am in this lifetime, it started to become more polished and more apparent and more real and more wholesome. You know, so I started to feel this more of a sense. Oh, yeah, I do belong in this world. I, be mm. I belong in this world in this time and place. Yeah. And, and, I, and the ancient ones 
are helping me reflect that. They're wow. helped with their wisdom, with their field of wisdom. I feel carried by them. Wow. So, like Anne, the what, like- what I'm curious, <laughs> what, what would you have had to have experienced or known or like what, what would have had to have happened for you to own your place in this journey and the impact and the gifts and your purpose earlier on in your journey? Is that possible? Is that something that you want to communicate to people? Because I think we're all looking to find our way and shine our greatest, most brilliant light. And so if we, if we cultivate the knowingness, the distinctions, the, the wisdom, then we're able to do that more effectively. Do you see anything that would have made a difference for you? Absolutely. I'm actually working on a, another book right now called Breaking Free, which is which is a little bit more what this show is about. And and I and I think you know when we're young, when we're young, we we feel, or I don't know, I, I should speak for myself, but I felt like everything was too tight, mm. like like you know that the that the the labels and what I was told I could do and what I couldn't do weren't quite a fit. Mm. And so in, in, actually in the book I'm writing, I, I start with the story of, um, I was studying at, at King's College London and I got the opportunity to go to see a, um, a Hindu saint and her name was Mother Mira. And I didn't know anything about Hindu saints or Hinduism or anything, but I decided that I wanted to go to Germany and have this experience. And so I went and um, and I know when I walked in, you had, you had to be in silence for three days. And I, it was the first time that I'd ever just, you know, really just gone into my in world. Like, it, you know, in our culture, we're, we're, we're told, you know, go out and get it, go out and achieve, go out. Mm-hmm. But so, but th- this was different. This was no close your eyes and, and feel who you are, which was really difficult because what I was feeling, I was feeling distortions. Mm. You know, I was feeling self-criticism. I was feeling lack of love. I was feeling like I had holes in myself that that could never possibly be filled. And so, but all of a sudden I had this, this sense that I needed to walk forward and meet her. And so I I went up and I kneeled and she gave me, it's actually called um, like Shaktipat. Um, When they, or uh, when they stare into your eyes, they, they touch your head and they stare into your eyes. And I felt this like, all of a sudden I'm in a completely different culture. You know, I'm suddenly in, in the, the Indian wisdom and, and she's, per, she's burning my spine. And I had this enormous Kundalini activation, just like, whoosh, like, like your red wings behind you. What? And I'm like, what is going on? And I felt like, like my mind just kind of go, you know, just shattering of the glass ceiling. And then I went into this bliss state, absolute bliss state. And so I'm, I'm in this, this experience of now I'm no longer this small little self that, mm. you know, was too tight. All of a sudden, oh, well, actually, that's not even there. And I'm part of this greater whole, this greater wow. wisdom. I'm being held in the field of the great, of the divine mother. And it went on for days, actually. My friends had to put me in bumper cars and run into me until I came out of the state. <laughs> which was really fun. But, you know, after that, I was really curious about it because, you know, I wanted to study yoga. I wanted to study, you know, Sanskrit and understand the awakening of the Kundalini and how it works. And, oh gosh, we really do have four levels of the soul. You know, we, there's so many parts to ourselves. You know, we have the, we have, yes, there's a persona, but there's also this, this vast cosmic being that we don't even know half the time, you know? 
And so I came back from that quite changed and very, very interested in, in continuing that quest. So I was, I guess probably 20 in my mid twenties at the time. And, and that was like the beginning of the quest. Like from there on, I had to go and meet all the great spiritual teachers and leaders and so forth. This is incredible. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. This is awesome. Uh, so you had this like awakening, this, I don't, I don't remember what it's called in the hero's journey, but basically you, you see that there's like a, a, a quest. You see that there's a new, a new world for you to go explore or something to go achieve. And so it's like, okay, well, I'm, I felt it. I experienced it. I, I have a knowingness that something is greater out there. So let's go quest. Let's go explore to achieve that. So tell us about like how how the pieces got put to, together for you because there's a lot of different fields that you've mentioned, a lot of different um, you know ideologies and spiritual philosophies and things like that that you've mentioned already. How do you how, how did you put them all together? How did you experience that? Well, I I, I always tell people I run off of three three traditions. Okay. So <laughs> I run off Judeo Christian tradition. I run off yogic tradition, and and I also run off the Celtic tradition. So mm-hmm. I I blend them, mm-hmm. um, which which probably the ancient ones did. Mm-hmm. You know, we probably they were probably much more blended than they are now. Yeah. So, um, but the one I would say the tradition that picked me up like like a bird and just like put its sails. But it's it's breeze beneath my wings was really the Celtic tradition, and um, and so and it makes sense to me because as much as I loved going to India and traveling and having experiences in the temples there, um, and as much as I've loved working with a, a variety of rabbis and walking with the scenes in the desert, yeah. um, I know that my my grandfathers my grandfathers who were from England. Are, are buried actually at our farm in Virginia. And so I knew that they were Knights of Northumbria. Mm-hmm. And so going back there, I started saying, well, who, you know, who are these beings? These are actually, these, this is my blood. Mm-hmm. This, this is my true lineage. And how does it function? And, it's, and you realize that they're, like all of us have these layers upon layers upon layers. Mm-hmm. And we have to knock them off in a way to see what's behind all of that. Because... Um, and the Celtic, the Celtic tradition is true to that, that lo- location. In, mm-hmm. in, my, in my case, it's Britain, Ireland, France, that mm-hmm. area. And actually, I've, I've also found it, also Bohemia would be included mm-hmm. in that. Um, but when you, when you go back, it's like there's a, um, it's almost as if, and, and you have to start to go into a poetic imagination to work with this. Like if you just okay. go really rationally, like five senses, it's not going to happen. <laughs> But, it, but if you go and you're open and you're mm. curious and, you, yeah. and you, you open to the mythic imagination, and by that I mean a bird flies past and it has a song for you. Mm. A, do- a, a, a tree is there and it might have a doorway to another realm. Yep. That the road leads to a noon, right? So we're opening to, to Legends of the Grail now, you know, the, the author, author's journey to the, to the Holy Grail. So once you... Once you start to open in that way, it, the ancestors the ancestors can come and they can speak to us. All and it's true for everybody. We d- we just have different ancestors, but ultimately, 
they're all the same ancestor. You know, <laughs> we ultimately were all one. Yeah. At, at the, yeah. And I wanted to, I wanted to ask about the, the family tree and lineage because some people might be Celtic. I think I'm more in that region as well. And some people might be, you know, from, from Asian descent or something like that, you know, uh, like what, what have you seen with people coming from different lineages and how they, uh, the differences and the similarities of uh, tapping into their ancestors and these, these legends and, and what, where they came from, the cultures? Yeah, it's real. I mean, wh- so, so when I went to India, mm-hmm. I got to tap, that was the first time I tapped into a, a wisdom tradition. It wasn't my tradition, mm-hmm. but I was really fed by the tradition that was there. I loved mm-hmm. it. Didn't want to leave India. Absolutely loved it. Um, but it made me curious about my own tradition. So I think we can impact each other Mm. in in those ways, because I mean, I absolutely adore Kuan Yin and the Asian tradition. And, and then you can find that there, that there are deities such as Dene and the, and the Celtic tradition who are very similar. And then if you go more Greek or Roman, you know, you might, you might go for, for Diana or, or Demeter. So, so you find these old archetypes, the old woman of the world and Native American, you know, everywhere there's not one place where they don't exist so these the old archetypes exist everywhere it's just that when you go when you're working with one cultural identity they'll they'll arise a certain way like Mm. king Arthur arises in britain as the king who who wants to to unify Mm. he wants he's sort of the christ consciousness in a way he wants to unify all beings all people he wants you to understand what true leadership is, how we function together, how we how we activate our um, higher ideas and mores, you know, how we function from that higher place. And so there's a there's always a king author. Every age has a king author. You know, I'm not, I'm I'm not sure where he is quite now, but I'm sure he's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. This, so, is, this is so cool I, I, i'm loving this um i want to ask about legends and how like why why do people of today's day and age why, why is it important for us to care about the the legends of the past and these cultures and uh, deities and different things like that why well um when I when I go to colleges and universities now and I see people staring at their phones, I, I'm <laughs> I'm really reminded it's that it's it's very important because if we if we totally disconnect from our roots, mm. then we wander around like little spaceships. You wow. know, we're not we're not really connected to the land. And what happens to our earth? You know, the birds start mm. dying and the oceans are polluted and, and we forget the earth that we live upon. So I think when we go back can we connect to our ancestors and re- remember to honor the elements? It's re- that's really important. And then, and then when we do that, we start to step back for our, you know, our bodies function much more slowly than our minds do. Hmm. And so to have a really good body mind connection, you need to put your feet on the soil. You know, you need to take a deep breath and feel the prana in the air. You know, you need to listen to the bird song hmm. because it quiets our mind and, so we find our our place, even though it seems it might seem slow. We f- we find our place in this world, and we can relax. We just relax, and we're we're here. So I think I think it's important from that perspective. Like when I take my kids questing, that's what we do. I take them up these old druid mounds and things. So so one of the things that I I know I, I taught my son, and he he seemed to appreciate it, was that in the so in in the pre 
pre-Celtic times, Celtic and pre-Celtic, there were Druids and the Druids were the spiritual people of that land. Now, in order to be a Druid, you had to study for 20 years, hmm. right? So that's like being a psychiatrist now, right? Plus a little bit more. So it's a long period of study. And wow. the first thing that you did was that you learned 250 stories of your people. And, it, and so, and, right? So you had to <laughs> memorize them. But it comes in really handy because when, when, we, when we find ourselves in certain circumstances in life, we go, oh, well, Danu responded this way. When Kaysair mm. uh, wasn't allowed to go on Noah's ship, well, she built her own and set sail. You know, mm. so you have these, these stories that have carried your own family and your own lineage. And so it, it's like a vessel for you. It's a mm. vessel of wisdom. Well, it's, it's, so yeah, that's wisdom. Why. That's, that, that's uh, like the first thing is like wisdom. How do I respond in a similar situation? The times may have changed. The technology may have changed, but the principle and the wisdom of how do I show up in this when we can immediately reconnect with a story, with a being, with an energy, with a presence, with a mindset, right? We can borrow that genius in this present moment and make more effective decisions and be happier, more fulfilled, more, more effective. Exactly. Exactly. You got it. Wow. That's what happens. And so if we, when we know those stories, when we're interacting with that, we can catch it really quickly when we're starting to go out of alignment. Mm. You know, when all of a sudden mm. money becomes too much of a focus or all of a sudden when we're in a trouble in a, in a relationship, you know, and it's, we don't feel like we're being mirrored exactly. You know, it, any, all of our life circumstances can be found in these old stories and we can go, Oh, right now I need to take a deep breath and think of Taliesin. What would the old magical one have done right now in this situation? You know, and wow. they're there for us. You know, as soon as we ask it, it's like the ancient wisdom's right there. So how, how can we start reconnecting with that ancient wisdom to, to get that power, to get that, that, you know, sense of self, that sense of trusting that, you know, we're not this little small insignificant speck, but rather we're connected to some greater whole. Right, exactly. So in the in the um, in the Welsh tradition, you have the Awinids, you know, and and I think in a way that's that's a lovely way to start connecting back. It's an old tradition, but um, but what they would do is that they would just walk out in the morning and put their feet on the on the grass. Mm-hmm. If we have grass anymore, or the sand, or the whatever we have, yeah. <laughs> put our feet on the soil, and and feel the pulse of the earth. Actually, feel it. Feel your mm-hmm. body. Feel the pulse of the earth. And then you feel your wings, which of course are spiritual wings, right? But you feel how, how the wind itself is carrying us. And so you, you actually ask, and sometimes you can breathe in. If you have sunlight, you can breathe in the light of the sun, or you can just like sing with the bird, or you can just, you can just breathe. But what you're doing is you're connecting consciously to wisdom itself. So we're doing a direct connection. And once we're connected to this, this source of wisdom, this, which is basically just outrageous creativity, you yeah. know, once we're connected to that, we go, huh, okay, I've got my, my body, I've got my feet on the ground, I've got my elements, because the, the, all the legends of the grail are about, I really want to go find out what the truth is. What mm. is my truth? Not, mm. as, not, not what's everybody else's truth, mm. not even what, what's the truth of my culture necessarily. Mm. What's my truth? And when you go, when you go looking for that, when you go looking for your sword, 
then that's what you start to discover. And you find you might find that they're like layers upon layers of illusion that have to be peeled away. I'm not this, I'm not this, I'm mm. not this. I'm, oh, I am love. Yes, that's true. You know? Yes, I am, yes, I am brilliancy. That's mm. true. And so you you actually, with your sword of truth, you peel back until you're like, yes, I am this beautiful, precious pearl. This is who I am. Mm. And no one can take this away from me. This part of me is eternal. It will go on forever. This is my truth. And I, I think that there's always more layers and levels of that to, to experience. But at some at some level, there's a, a knowingness that it's like it's like enough of a knowingness to say, okay, like I, as long as I reconnect to this and remember this, then nobody can try to tell me I am something else or, you know, I, I'm, I'm something that I'm not because I know I have a, I have an internal knowingness. I can be irresponsible with that knowingness and not, not remember that. But at some level I know. So like here and now I declare uh, it's truth. This is who I am. And then from that point we can build upon that. Right. And like you said, there are many, many layers to that, too, because, you know, when you go, I'm a precious pearl, then the next week you might you might actually be, you know, more of a flower. But it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter because what you find out is that you're this ongoing cosmic being that's really fascinating. And the truth is everybody else is, too. Everybody Mm -hmm. else is really beautiful and fascinating. We just have these things to get in the way, you know. And so, so when you find your sort of truth, you're kind of you're kind of being like Merlin. You're just knocking you're just knocking the stuff, the illusion out of the way. So you can really be fully here, fully present, fully together, fully creative, you know? Yes. Yes, and I get <laughs> yes. it. I, I'm, I'm with it. I am with it. This is this is gold. This is gold right here. By the way, for everyone who's tuning in right now, watching or listening to the podcast, take a screenshot of this. Tag me on Instagram at I am Millionaire Chris. Tag us on Facebook. I'll make sure Ain gets this because this is gold. This is so freaking powerful. You have any questions for Ain? Let us know. Put them in the comments. Uh, just ask us. We're happy to get those answers to you because I'm sure we can only cover so much in this interview. And there's so deep we could go with this. This is awesome. And I'm loving it. Loving it. Loving it. Okay. So we get our sort of truth. What are the next steps? Well, I mean, once you're really clear and you know that you're this precious pearl and you know you, that you have the truth of who you are and people can call you all sorts of names and it just drops away because it's just not, it's not a clear reflection. It's not true. Ah. Then the next thing to do is to go get your spear, mm-hmm. right? So your spear is really like getting your torch. It's like lit up. This is mm-hmm. getting your flames, your fire, your creativity. Mm-hmm. Right. So now you're true and you've got your fire. It's like your Kundalini becomes activated. You're on fire with life. You're on fire with your mission. I see who I am. I see my mission and purpose. Oh my gosh, I have to do this thing. So you move into full action. This is like, yes, you know, you're riding, you're galloping on the horse with your, with your spear, right? It's like, I'm on a mission. I'm here to bring the light to the world. You know, so, so that's the, that's the spear. That's, that's um and that, the that creative could, I was going to say that could look like um different vehicles as well for people in business or uh communities platforms podcasts what like whatever it is it's just it's a it's a metaphor for whatever is your ability to 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 project into the world this being this mission this purpose to add value to serve to love people that's what that spear is that torch to spread the light Absolutely. I mean, you can see it also in the, in the caduceus, okay. you know, that's on, 
everyone all, all doctors have it on their yes. on their yes. right yes so so that's the the ida pagala shishumna so it's the activated it's the activated spine it's like yeah. the the earth and and your in your higher mind are activated and these wings come out so it means that you're you're alive you're on fire you're here to share your mis- mission and you understand what that is this is awesome so so good so uh, I want to hear about for your journey. When do you feel like you activate that for yourself? Well, well, I mean, I think it's an everyday adventure. Yeah. You know, when you when you get up in the morning and and like I really do try to make a practice every day of tuning into the mm-hmm. to the absolute, to the presence, to to uh, I think of it just as wisdom. You know, just tuning into the wisdom. When that happens, I feel that I can lay back into it. I can lean back into it and it has me. And at that point, we're moving. Like something's going to happen. There's a book that's going to get written. There's an activity that needs to happen. And it happens beautifully. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm supposed to meet this person. Oh, the, oh, I'm supposed to have this meeting. Oh, and you can stay really open and curious about it because it's just so much fun. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to go to Prague. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know? <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm supposed to do this show with you. Yeah. Fantastic. So, so you feel, so you can feel the fire, you know, the fire of wisdom of some people would call it Sophia, Sophia wisdom. You would feel that you would feel that fire holding you and and working with you. And that that's really great. I mean, obviously there are times where, where maybe, um, something's happened and, and you don't feel like as connected at mm-hmm. that moment. Mm-hmm. But what's really lovely, I think, is as you work with the the hallows, you realize when you've fallen out of one, when, mm. ooh, you know, you used your sword of truth a little too directly or mm. um, somehow for some reason you're a little disconnected from your path. Like what happened right now? I'm not feeling connected. Mm. Um, and then, you know, the grail is, is, is water too. So I, you know, so, so you can feel when you move out of sync and when you move, when you're moving out of sync, then that's the time to go, Oh, wait a second. I need, I need to, I need to line my hallows again. (laughs) Okay. Ah, okay. Everything's back on track. So, and that way you don't, you don't start moving down a path that's just destructive or, Mm. you know, continue to engage in a relationship that's destructive or something. So it's, it's a continual form of guidance that we can develop. I love that you mentioned Prague. I was going to ask you about that. Tell us about your recent questing and what you experienced. Why Why did you do it? Um, I have a, a wonderful friend named uh, Eva Kenas, who's a, a, a bohemian novelist. She's really super. She has some great books. Um, so uh, my publishing company, which is Infinite Light Publishing, is getting ready to bring her book out, which is called The Goddess Within. It's, it's a fantastic story. So she invited me t- to go to Carl Stein um, Temple mm. or Castle, which which was based on Solomon's Temple. Mm. So uh, from the Bible. Mm-hmm. So so this particular place. Now it's interesting when you look at a, a place like. So we're actually it's in Bohemia near Prague, but Germany is right next door. Austria is right there. It's in Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. It's amazing the place never got bombed. It's it's just it's completely protected for you know for centuries this place has been completely protected. So I wanted to go because I heard that the inner chambers are are there are three towers 
And because I love grail questing, yeah. I heard that the first tower is about finding your being, your, your, your soul. Wow. The next one is about entering the feminine soul. And the third one is about entering the divine. And so I wanted to have this experience of crossing these three thresholds that the Knights Templar probably did. And, you know, Masons and all kinds of, I think Hitler did it too, actually, but all kinds of people, <laughs> you know, get involved in these esoteric traditions and um, hopefully use their sort of power wisely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so those three places are still there. You can walk into it. The second chamber has a, has a beautiful um, altar to St. Catherine. And they say that the Holy, one of the Holy Grail relics is behind it. But when you're standing in there, the walls are all lined with carnelian stones mm -hmm. and amethyst stones that are polished. Wow from head to floor. And, and so you're feeling this, it's, it's hard to describe, but you're just feeling held by these cosmic forces. Yeah. And so uh, that it was a beautiful experience. And then they, you can go up into the, the upper chambers and some of the stones have been taken off of the upper chambers, but the idea would be at that point, you've risen up high enough that you're able to commune with the saints. And so this was a processional that was done for hundreds and hundreds of years. I, I think even John Dee, who was Queen Elizabeth I sorceress, did it. You know, it was like a lot of the royal family members. I imagine Ele Eleanor of Aquitaine went there, you know, and, and the very magical Charles, who, who, who was kind of the king author of the area, was all behind, was behind it. But the thing that I really loved was that um, there's a Celtic queen named Lubuche. Okay. And Libouche is actually the, the druidess who started Prague. So Prague is actually built on pure magic and, and springs from a visionary woman. So I thought that was kind of neat. What? So, <laughs> yeah. so you mentioned built on pure magic. I've heard of um, like vortexes and things like that mm -hmm. around the world. Uh, yeah. how, how do those relate? So um, it, they're people who douse and they, they're pretty good at it. I've, I've gone gone and tried and, and you can feel these energy lines that are in the land. And so, so let's say if you go to, there are a lot of books that are written on the Ridgeway in Britain on mm. Stonehenge and Avebury and Glastonbury and the, the, the broad ley lines that are there. And you can go, you can go check those out. Mm -hmm. And so the, the Druids are, and the pre-Celtic people had a, had a much more of a sense of the landscape than we do. We, we've mm. kind of lost that. But they would they knew that where three three rivers meet, um, they would call it the dragon's mouth. That would be a place where there's a vortex. And so it's a very strong energy. So that would be a place to go if you wanted to become enlightened. If you wanted to, you know, awaken the glaciosa, the gwynedd, the the uh, if you wanted to experience the pure lands, you would you would make a, a quest to these places and then you could Maybe if you're lucky and there's some grace and if you're humble, you might be able to have an experience of that. Mm -hmm. So Prague is, was actually built as a, as a city of enlightenment. And I mean, it's Bohemia. Everyone's kind of knows it. You know, Blavatsky and Steiner and all sorts of great writers would go there. Of course, after the war, it, it, it shut it down for a while. But now it's really blossoming again. Mm. And uh so people who are interested in, in finding that threshold place within themselves might enjoy it. Oh my god! I told you my girlfriend's from Czech Republic, right? So we're we're going to Czech Republic uh, in in December, the day after Christmas. So oh wow, I am, I am excited. 
Czechia. I don't know why they didn't call it Bohemia, but they they call it Czechia. I found out. Wow. It, it is. It's quite. It's a very. I think it's really one of the places that's blossoming first on this wow. planet. It's just really taking. So enjoy, enjoy wow. when you go. It's it's fantastic. And Prague I'm Castle. I'm so yeah. excited. So excited. So I want to talk about um, your books and why. For you, books are an important medium to to channel your genius, your brilliance, your gifts, what you are getting, like coming through you, what you're experiencing as you're doing these these quests. And tell us about books and why that was an important pathway for you to express yourself. Well, I'll tell you something funny okay. that sort of led me. And I always loved writing. My dad, my dad was a writer, and so I always wanted to stay home and study Shakespeare and and you know. Uh, Bertrand Russell and anybody mm -hmm. um, with him other than going to school because <laughs> it was very interesting Nietzsche and Schopenhauer and <laughs> anyway on it went but um, uh, I so I was lucky in that I was always given fellowships and scholarships to different universities and wow. so so I always felt sort of lifted and supported by ac the academic world yeah. and um, when when I was offered the overseas research award to King's College London I just said they said, well, there's, you can study here, but there's something you have to do. And I said, okay, fine, I'll do it. What, what is it? So I signed up even before I knew what my topic was. Wow. <laughs> and um, I was supposed to study the work of, of Lady Gregory. He was actually the patron of a very famous Irish poet named W.B. Yeats. Okay. And, um, and in Ireland, there's this, there's a liter there was a literary renaissance going on at the time. And and even now they're really interested in bringing back their old Celtic stories, their old, you know, the old, the old, old um, folk tales and so forth from, from the Irish language, from the Gaelic language. Hmm. But, you know, you always hear like fairy about fairies and elves and yeah. leprechauns. And well, when you actually go there, you realize why is because they're etched into the landscape there. And so when, when I would go and my, my poor professor would be like, just can you just stick to the facts? <laughs> but the thing is, when you go to these places and the landscape is so active, I really I felt like, you know, I suppose like the Greeks would have a muse, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I would feel, I would hear, I'm like, they're whispering to me. Yeah. These beings are whispering to me. They want me to write the stories down. They've almost been forgotten. A lot of these deities that I've written down in my Legends of the Grail series in particular were women whose stories almost vanished. And it was so important for me to go back and sit in the different cairns, the different places where they had been and, and, and feel their presence and then and retell the story for this time. And, and so that, that's what happened. That's what started the whole series. It was like, oh, they're, they're speaking. They want to be heard. They have wisdom for us. And, um, and so on it went. And one would lead to the next. I mean, I would think, okay, I'm done now. Oh, no, I have to go to Wales. Because now, you know, <laughs> I felt like I was in the middle of Lord of the Rings, you know. Yes. Oh, now we've got to go to Rivendale. Oh, now we have to go. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been just a magical journey. Just wow. I feel I have felt so supported the whole way, you know. It's, it's been, I've been blessed. I love it. I love it. Um, so yeah, there's been like different seasons of life that you've gone through that came out that got expressed in these different books. Can you tell us about like how you've seen your life evolve in the different seasons of your life and how that correlated to your writing that you did? Yeah. Um, 
so I have to say one thing that's that's happened to me in 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 the questing mm-hmm. is that in leaning back into a sort of more ancient wisdom, myself as a personality has kind of erased. Yeah. So it's not, it's not as important, yeah. which is interesting. I mean, it's kind of terrifying. Like if I had known that when I was nineteen, I probably wouldn't have done it. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but but what that what that means is that when I when I'm moving back into this this feeling of of wisdom of the cosmic soul, I understand that there's actually a bigger picture going on, and I'm just trying to stay out of the way enough to be able to work with it. But you know, in terms of my own my own life, um, I was really I was really blessed to get to get an overseas research award. I got a full ride to King's College, um, and I. The day I got there, I met my husband, which wow. was like really super. He's a Scottish. He was a Scottish guy. I, wow. um, and um, and then because we married, I think that the whole world there started opening up. I was welcomed in, and I was and I was interested in the folklore and the language and so forth. So people, they go into pubs and rambling houses and different places. Oh, I lost, you know, <laughs> my got my sporting and my skin do, you know, and I had to like under had to learn to the language. <laughs> <laughs> and um but i felt very very welcomed into that world i, I still go back twice a year um so you know i i have what i found is like when i try to do anything else it doesn't work it's just it's like there's a roadblock but when i stay on my path like i keep track of my my sword and my uh, my spear um the road unfolds as it's meant to. So mm. I have to listen. I have to listen and, and take care. Um, the what I what I love is it seems to be really helpful for people um, who are, especially people who are in their own process of waking up, and they're mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, is this just my imagination, or is this real?" And I'm and I remind them, like, feel your body, feel mm. what's going on in your body. Because when you're when you're starting to feel the sort of wisdom traditions, you'll feel a sense of expansiveness and love and peace. Mm. And when you somehow disconnect from that, you'll feel contracted and tight. And um, so, <laughs> so anyway, so it's just been really lovely to be able to help people on you know go on quests and have experiences at different wells and springs and landscapes and. Um, yeah, I don't know how much of a persona is still here. Mm. Mm. I've I, I heard from someone recently. He's more of the the Christian mindset, right? And Judeo Christian, and um, he said like there is no me. Like I'm I'm just working through God's miracles, bringing those forth into into the world. You know, like that. Like when I try to own it that's when i i block that's when i get blocked but when i say this isn't me this is this is you know some higher powers will coming through me and i just get myself out of the way and and allow it to come through i think that's a really powerful uh, infinite place to come from and when we come from a personality it's very limited there's there's certain you know being a a personality has limitations about it but when we can connect with infinite wisdom and these different deities and different uh, you know legends and their their character their being then we can be do and have anything that we desire we can become anything that we need to become so to speak need to uh, to to fulfill on our greatest potential what do you what do you think about that Ian? 
No, I think it's absolutely true. And I, I, I've, I've definitely been with some Christian mystics who, who bring through God and are amazing. And they are absolutely connected to the source of wisdom. I've been with some rabbis who are really able to do that too, enlightened rabbis. I've been in India with, with um, spiritual, um, with in, the, in the Hindu tradition in particular, with, with awakened masters who can really bring it through. And in the Celtic tradition too, they, there are some people that are very awake. And so I think every tradition, um, and also the Sufi tradition, hmm. so in the Bon tradition, actually, of Tibet, the, of Zen Buddhism also. I mean, so I think we c- whatever our, our inclination is, we can grab onto a wisdom tradition and it can carry us. And they can limit us, too. So, you hmm. know, it's just always interesting to feel. Is it lighting you up? Is it lighting? Are, are you really traveling down this path or is it somehow, is it, is it acting as, as a barrier to, to your truth? So those are things we always have to ask ourselves. But, but yeah, I think w- once we start to dissolve into, it's like from a more, that is sort of for the language of today, when we, we move back into more of a psychological language, mm-hmm. you know, in the old wisdom traditions, they, in the East, they really wanted to, to kill the ego. Mm-hmm. And, and I found in the West that doesn't, it's not actually effective. Like that's not actually what we want to do. What we actually want to do and why we have such a strong, um, psychological background is is that we really want a wholesome ego. We mm. want a really wholesome persona who's very that's very functional. Mm. That can you know that can we want a body that's very functional. We want a mind that works. We want a heart that's open that can connect with other people. And that's a huge task just right there. That's an enormous task. That's already like twenty five years right yeah, right yeah. right there to get that down. Um, and then I, you know, and then once that is the case, and um, then I think some the wisdom traditions start to open up in a new way. Mm. And I mean, for you know, after forty, I think it changes. Like up until forty, we're we're actually defining and creating an ego. After forty, according to a lot of the old tradition, ancient traditions, we're starting to dissolve. We're gonna, you know, at some point, I'm gonna move back. I'm gonna walk across the veil to the other side and and get to know my cosmic soul in a whole new way. Yeah. And so you're starting to, to dissolve. And that, and that's when a lot of uh, new doors open up in the spiritual tradition. So sort of later on, because we're stepping, we're stepping into what's eternal. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, one thing that came up about what you were saying is the, the feminine consciousness, the feminine soul is, a, is an important expression for you and to, to communicate that with people. Uh, I'm curious on, on the feminine soul and bringing that forth, feminine consciousness today in today's day and age. And how does that also interact with masculine consciousness? What's, what's your take on that? It's a big subject, but um, in for whatever reason, through the course of humanity, um, the the women have been quite persecuted, mm. um, and so you know we, we know. We, I think most of us remember the Inquisition and how I think it was eight million women were murdered who were uh, wisdom keepers, and they they were called wikis, which actually means wise women, and it became witches. But it's it was actually wiki, which means wise woman. So they were the herbalists, the the midwives to the soul the ones who help children, you know, come into the world. And so there was, um, I think maybe energetically, it was a time when, when, um, and we're, we're just coming, we just came out of it, really. There was a period of time where the feminine soul was actually taken off the earth. Yeah. And, and what happened in a lot of, you'll see it in a lot of religious traditions, it became 
really interested in what's transcendent mm. or all, yeah, what what's light you know what's um and so so really just sort of more the masculine approaches to consciousness mm-hmm. which are all beautiful i mean i love this also but but we got severed at the at the waist you know so so um sexuality and relationship our body everything feminine everything dark became considered evil hmm. and now i'm not sure what force does that but if we're disconnected if the masculine our masculine and feminine nature are disconnected inside of ourselves we can be easily enslaved we're disconnected from our wisdom wow. another term for feminine soul is wisdom wow. <laughs> so so when we're disconnected in the in the Kabbalistic tradition that would be Bina who is who's in the the potent blackness you know here's the potent creativity and so if you look at that also that's the grail so in my books there when people are riding off to find the grail they're actually riding off to find their missing feminine and so when I take people on quests quite often we go to lakes and streams and wells where there were originally grail guardians mm-hmm. so that we can peer in and get in touch with those watery aspects of ourselves, our deep feeling and our intuition, our, our clairvoyance. Because of course, when you're trained to be a druid, you see you, the next part would be becoming a seer. And mm-hmm. so you would become a, a clear seer for your, your tribe, your community. Mm-hmm. And, and so the, the deep feeling and, claiming it's been very challenging for a lot of women I've worked with to like to claim their power without feeling that they were going to be burned again or mm. um corrupted or 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 distorted in some way uh, harmed even in some way so um so part of part of finding our our um, hallows is to go back and find that grail. That's why I have a whole Legends of the Grail series with practices and visualizations and all this, so we can go back and remember how to connect into those parts of the soul that a lot of times have been separated out. You know, they're not honored, um, and so forth. So, so we need we need. We need the return of the feminine soul, which I believe is happening now. And so we're getting more of an alignment with our, with our, it's kind of like the dance of the dark and the light, you know, it's mm. returning and you, you have to have the dark and the light to have a rainbow, you know, to have a full grail, to a full persona, a full, yeah. you know, to be the best that we can possibly be. We need all aspects of ourselves. Mm. Not mm. only do we need to, to know King Arthur and how he created a round table, but we also need to know Nimue, which is the book of Who's who's the sorceress? You know, who who actually is quite magical and has to learn to use her power correctly. So how you know how how do we how do we create Camelot together? Yes, I love it. And I want to talk about the Arthurian Legends series that you wrote about, and you mentioned practices, exercises. Tell us a little bit more about that. What people can expect when they dive into that? What kind of transformation? What kind of awakening can they? Um, for who who like, what are they seeking? You know, what are they seeking so that they want to dive into this? And what do they get out of it? Well, uh, each, so each, uh, in the first two books, um, it's a whole series of Irish, um, Scottish, and Arthurian uh, women. Mm-hmm. And, and they also, there are men in there too, but it, it's, it's more focused on achieving the third hallow, which is the grail. Okay. So it's about going and rescuing the feminine aspects of our being. And so there, there are many stories, and, you know, depending on, what you feel you're 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 
you're interested in, mm -hmm. you might turn to a different chapter. Okay. But like in the very first one, it's from an ancient story called the Labra which is an old Irish book about the invasions of Ireland. It starts out with Caesar. And Caesar, Caesar was the granddaughter, granddaughter of Noah, who who was not allowed to board the ark because she was in the wrong lineage, right? Wow. So she didn't want to drown. So what do you do? You build your own ark and you set sail. And so she's a wonderful character because you learn essential will. You learn mm. that when life is difficult, you've got to call on your belly center and find your will. And in the middle of swirling in a dark night, if you call out for help, it is always there for you. So Pesar would help us find our will. Wow. And, and as you go through, each deity has something different that, that you connect to. So, so Skaya helps us connect to our inner strength mm. so that we can endure no matter what. You know, even when we're struck by lightning, we're fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then in Heroines of Avalon and Other Tales, which is the second part, and there they go. They start out with some magical deities like Erinrude, who's a Welsh deity, who knows how to sing the stars back into alignment with the earth. So, so she's about finding your ancient magic and remembering your song. And then there's a flower deity named Bludaiwith. And, and she just helps us remember that even though we don't, when we, when we don't feel like we understand this culture or that we're part of it, that we can, that we can choose again, that we can forgive and choose again. And then there's um, the first person to achieve the Holy Grail who happened to be a woman. And when I first heard about her, she was the nameless sister of Percival, which I didn't think was quite right. Her name is Dendrana or Dendrain. And um, she was actually the first person to achieve the Holy Grail in Arthurian legend and open the gates to Seros, which are the, the gateways to heaven. So, um, so they're great characters. So, so um, she's, she's about uh, learning divine sacrifice. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also have Ellen of the Ways, who is a really ancient antlered goddess who, who protects us on the roads and helps us with our quests. And on and on. They, so there, there are many, many deities. Once you go in, so there's a story about, there's the myth, and then there's a story about them told by them through me. Mm. And then, and then there, there are exercises so that you can incorporate those, those uh, aspects of yourself. And then, and then it moves into the third one, which is Nimue, which is just a whole magical adventure. Dang. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is, this is awesome. Um, when does the Nimue book come out? When can we be expecting that? It's, it's, I'm hoping it will come out February 1st, okay. I'm hoping, 2020. Beautiful. Um, I'm hoping it will be out. So fingers crossed that, that um, everything goes according to plan. It, she'll come when she's ready. I, right. I know that one thing That's about right. Nimue, you know, but I think it is time to, to, re, to realize, for us to realize, it's actually quite exciting that Merlin has the twin flame. Wow. So, you know, you're never really supposed to, to marry your twin flame or, or spend mm. too long, you know, you don't. Because there's so much like you that you could just bust apart, right? So, but and I don't want to give the story away too much. But they're so they're so alike, and it was it was great to find this female figure who who is also deeply magical. Mm. And I, I learned a lot about him on the quest too. Merlin is a really, really lovely character. So awesome. And this is gold. I want to encourage our audience to take their next steps with you. Stay connected. Get the books. How do they do that? What are their next steps? 
Yeah, they can go onto my website. Um, it's A N A Y N Kate C A T E S Sullivan dot com, and you can look at events. Sometimes I'm I'm doing things in different parts of the world. You can come join in, and um, I have different um, book launches and all sorts of things that go on. So you can you can follow my newsletter. You can buy the books. I mean, mostly buy the books, read them, enjoy them, and find your magical self. Mm. Mm, I love it. So they can go to www.aincatessullivan. Again, that's A-Y-N-C-A-T-E-S-S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N.com. And of course, it'll be in the show notes. It's already on the Facebook Live. Put the link there. So Ain, I've loved this conversation. I totally want to have you back on when you launch the the Nimue book and everything is coming. It's going to be epic. I, I just, I love it. I'm, I'm, at the phase in my life where I've, I feel like I've kind of um, done the physical 3D world and tried to like logic my way through life. And it's like, okay, it's time to tap into something greater, some something bigger, bigger um, entities, bigger personas, bigger, you know, legends, bigger power than just Chris Burns. And so I, I, I feel like I'm going through that phase of dissolving my ego already uh, in, in to create a wholesome ego and, and allow the, the greatest gifts to come through me. So I really, really appreciate it personally um what what you've shared today it's really awesome thank you that's lovely that's lovely to hear isn't there a wonderful awakening going on in the planet right now yes it's happening everywhere (laughs) it's fantastic i love it i love it (laughs) ain thank you so much for being here we'll have you back in the future and have an amazing rest of your day and keep questing okay okay all right see you soon from the bottom of my heart thank you for tuning in Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, Head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.